The top stories from the KCBS Radio Newsroom. This is the All Local. Good evening. I'm Patty Rising. And I'm Brett Burkhart. Here's what's happening. Natural gas bills keep skyrocketing. KCBS's Margie Schaefer reports, although it's not PG&E making money off of this, others are. There are two components to your natural gas bill. The actual price of buying the natural gas, and the other is paying for all the pipes and infrastructure and billing and so forth. UC Berkeley professor and energy economist Severin Borenstein explains the price of natural gas has skyrocketed in the past couple of months in California. The rest of the United States has actually seen unusually low gas prices. They've got a real glut of gas, but California has not been able to get the gas and the West Coast because we have limited pipeline capacity, and right now it's even more limited due to some accidents that occurred actually more than a year ago. We also have limited storage and used more natural gas with the cold. Going forward, I would expect to see another month or two of unusually high gas bills, not as shockingly high as the last two months. Borenstein explains PG&E does not make money selling natural gas. It makes money from the infrastructure. Natural gas sellers are making money, and the owners of pipeline capacity are making money. Margie Schaefer, KCBS. Well, all this rain that's been soaking the Bay Area is making the roads extra dangerous. KCBS's own Jeffrey Schaub witnessed a rollover accident firsthand along the 101 in San Rafael, which was just one of dozens that kept CHP officers busy all weekend. It looked like one of those horrible race car crashes at the Daytona 500. It was Sunday afternoon here along 101 in San Rafael. A black sedan hits the center median, goes totally airborne, rolls twice, lands on the pavement again, right side up. If there was ever an indication of how it is important to drive safely, I think that was it. Fortunately, the driver was not seriously injured, but a lot of people are hurt or die in car crashes on rainy days. Without exaggeration, I'd have to say in the hundreds, to be honest with you. KCBS traffic anchor Victor Zaragoza says it comes down to three words. Just slow down. CHP Bay Area spokesperson Andrew Barclay says it's critical to hyper-focus on the road. No cell phone holding. Both hands on the wheel at all times. And he says roads remain slick after the rain stops. If there's water on the roadway, in any situation where other vehicles are kicking up spray... That is an indication there is enough water on the roadway that can lead to an individual that is traveling too fast to lose control. In San Rafael, Jeffrey Schaub, KCBS. Police in Oakland are working to catch up after a spree of violence during the weekend. KCBS's Chris Ancarlo reports four people were killed in four separate shootings. In just about 31 hours, Oakland saw about a quarter of its total homicide count for the year. It started at about 8 o'clock Friday night near International Boulevard and 72nd. When officers arrived, they located a victim who had sustained a gunshot wound. Preliminary investigation shows that two individuals shot the victim multiple times before leaving the area in a waiting vehicle. OPD Deputy Chief Drennan Lindsay says that while officers worked that scene, they heard gunshots two blocks away about an hour later. There they found a woman had been shot dead. As officers were investigating these two separate homicide crime scenes, officers responded to the 2400 block of 67th Avenue. 
just after 10.30 p.m. Inside, they found a man shot and killed. In this case, someone was detained. The fourth killing happened in Chinatown near Webster and 7th at about 1.30 Sunday morning. All of this set against the backdrop of other shootings and sideshows as to whether this spree of violence has anything to do with leadership turmoil at OPD. Lindsay says, May We continue to respond to the community as we have before. She also says there's no link between these scenes. In Oakland, Chris Ancarlo, KCBS. Patty, owners of small rental properties in Alameda County are calling for an end to pandemic eviction moratoriums. KCBS's Kathy Whitman reports on how they believe they've become victimized by the law. The pandemic eviction moratorium in Alameda County was intended to help renters impacted by COVID stay in their homes if they had difficulty paying rent on time. But Joshua Howard, executive vice president of the California Apartment Association, believes we are now well past the peak of the pandemic and the time has come to end the law because small property owners are suffering. We have vaccines, we have schools open, our economy is back open, people are back to work, and the need for these COVID-era restrictions has long expired. So his group and other property owners are asking the Alameda County Board of Supervisors to put an end to the law and allocate more funding for those housing providers who have yet to be paid. Howard says that many owners of smaller properties are having to refinance their homes just to keep from going under. There is one rental property owner who's looking to sell her single-family home that she has been renting out because she cannot collect rent. We've reached out to members of the Alameda County Board of Supervisors but haven't heard back. Kathy Whitman, KCBS. The man who was allegedly shot at and chased by MMA champion Cain Velasquez will be standing trial for accusations that he molested the former fighter's son. Harry Gallardi was charged a year ago for lewd acts with a child was later identified as Velasquez's four-year-old son. After Gilardi was out on bay, police say Velasquez drove after him and his family, shooting a gun in a wild car chase around San Jose, wounding Gilardi's stepfather and landing Velasquez in jail. Today in court, the child implicated Gilardi, saying it happened at the daycare run by the man's mother. One of the many lessons from the Great Recession and housing bust put banking greed on full display. But one East Bay city thinks it may have a solution with an idea that comes from North Dakota. Established in 1919 with the aim of safeguarding North Dakota's farmers and ranchers from external price hikes and market manipulation, the Bank of North Dakota came to the rescue. It's the only public bank of its kind in the U.S. And now there are plans to establish a similar public bank in the East Bay with the aim of protecting local residents from discriminatory banking practices. And for more, we are joined on the KCBS Ring Central Newsline by Gail McLaughlin, Vice Mayor of Richmond. Gail, thank you so much for your time. Thank you so much. Happy to be here. So was the Bank of North Dakota the idea, uh, is where you got the idea? And, and what is it about the Bank of North Dakota that, that is uh, inspiring for the city of Richmond? Well, you know, um, I used to be mayor of Richmond, and this idea of a public bank came forward at the time I was mayor, and I really liked the idea, and it turned out to be something that would work better on a regional level. And so there's a group called Friends of the Public Bank East Bay. They started working at bringing cities together, and in this case, we will have um, an East Bay public bank, which will be made of uh, the founding members, which is Richmond, Berkeley and Oakland, and uh, only cities can be founding members. But after the bank is founded, uh, the county of Alameda is going to join in. And also we want to get the county of Contra Costa to join in and other cities. But the 
Um, the whole idea of the public bank is to have investment of money from cities and counties um, that isn't profit-driven. And uh, the Bank of North Dakota is a great model. It's been in operation for 100 years, and it has survived um, recessions and downturns in a very um, positive way. When other um, bank, when private banks were going downhill and losing money and impacting their um, their uh, lend or the individuals that were banking with them, the Bank of North Dakota survived really, really well. So, uh, in many ways, we're calling it a recession-proof. A bank, and so in California, we have some new legislation that was passed um, that allows for public banks. So the so the city of L.A., the city of San Francisco, city of Sacramento are all in the process. As is the East Bay. We we did this regional thing so that we had capacity to uh, to form a public bank. So we're in the first stages of getting going. Um, I, this resolution was unanimously passed by our city council uh, this past Tuesday. Oakland has already passed um, a resolution to to really get the ball rolling in terms of um, um, taking these next steps, which is to create a business plan. We have a, a banker, a retired banker, that is helping us create this uh, business plan. So it's going to take some time, but uh, Berkeley is en route uh, soon to get their resolution passed. The cities will come together with this retired banker and get a business plan together and bring it back to the cities so that we can pass it. So it's a little bit of a process, but we know it's going to benefit our communities for affordable housing, small business loans, climate initiatives, and municipal um, financing. These are the the four um, projects that we're going to get started with. Very interesting. Gail, thank you so much for your time. Gail McLaughlin, Vice Mayor of the City of Richmond. Subscribe to the All Local wherever you get your podcasts and stream us on your smart speaker 24-7 by saying, play KCBS Radio.